This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Here is your guest host, Jane Brown. From acne to eczema, rashes to rosacea, your pharmacist has seen it all when it comes to common skin conditions. Whether you're using a prescription, over-the-counter, or natural product to get relief, your pharmacist is a great resource for questions related to your skin. We welcome them now at 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. And as always, any questions that are medical or pharmacy related, we welcome here when our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association are in with us. Today, pharmacist Jaspreet Dhaliwal joins us. Jaspreet, thanks. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Let's talk about some of the common skin conditions while we wait for the listeners uh, to call 416-360-0740-1866-744-740, toll free. Uh, yeah, in terms of the common skin conditions, um, I wanted to first um, highlight one thing is that consider your body, uh, consider your skin an organ of the body, it's just like any other organ of the body can be affected in multiple ways and different by different things. The skin is very similar and it's a very large organ. And as such, that's why, you know, there's so many different problems that can happen with the skin. But by and large, the, the most common ones are probably eczema as well as psoriasis and dandruff as well. Those are probably the most common conditions we see. Eczema, I remember very well. One of my kids when they were, well, now they're grown, and he's grown out of it, my son. But when he was little, terrible, we had a terrible time with eczema. uh, Under the knees. Yeah. And (laughs) on the other side of the elbow, right, right? on the arm. And um, there was a suggestion that it was allergy-related. Is that always the case? Uh, So, okay, so with eczema, there um, there is a hereditary component, so it may be related to genetics, but they see, they think, that there may be a um, allergy component as well. So we kind of qualify, um, classify patients that have eczema and allergies and asthma as what we call atopic patients. Sometimes these conditions kind of follow one another. So if you have one, you may have the other one as well. So it could be aller- allergy related in the sense that your son was allergic to something and touched something mm-hmm. and every single time he touched it got eczema and that caused the flare-ups. But um, by and large, eczema is caused by dryness in the skin or lack of moisture in the skin. It's because we lose it excessively, and that leads to the flare-ups. What's the difference between eczema and psoriasis? Psoriasis is, is a more serious condition. Yeah, so psoriasis is an autoimmune condition. So that's where your immune... Um, your immune system's trying to fight off your own body kind of thing. Um, whereas eczema is related to your the, the ability of the body to the skin to lock in moisture. So two di- very different conditions. Um, psoriasis you'll commonly see um, manifesting as plaques, so silvery plaques on the body. Whereas eczema will be profusely itchy red um, types of areas on the body. Um, so 
different symptoms, but that's the problem with a lot of these skin conditions is there's a lot of overlapping symptoms. So often it's very, very hard for a patient to be able to correctly identify what they are um, struggling with. So that's why we usually say go in and speak to your pharmacist, speak to another healthcare provider to really kind of go through the assessment and see what you really are dealing with. So go to your doctor first. Or you can, or you you can goes, go into the pharmacist uh-huh. and they can give you a really good idea of probably what you're suffering from. So okay. it's very clear in our minds usually as to what the problem may be. Um, there's no way we can diagnose this 100%, and often that's true for physicians as well. It's kind of a bit of trial and error. But we have a good idea of what the symptomology is in one condition versus another. But as a patient, if you're itchy and you're just red, that's all you're going to know. That's how you're just going to feel uncomfortable, and you'll there is a chance that you'll treat both um, situations the same way. So let's talk about treatment because people want relief, especially if they're feeling itchy and uncomfortable and they don't like the way their skin looks. So let's talk about um, in terms of over-the-counter medications Mm -hmm. and what you're going to need to go to your doctor for for a prescription in more serious cases. Yeah, so in the case of eczema, uh, so there's um, what we consider also, like we don't only talk about medications to treat the conditions, but we talk about all of the preventative stuff that you can do to prevent a flare-up from happening. So with eczema, what we have is you have, you know, the important part is locking in moisture in your skin. So on a chronic basis, like all the time pretty much, you're going to have to try and figure out how to lock in moisture in your skin with really, really good moisturizers. And then the second element to it is also to avoid the stuff that, you know, that may trigger a flare-up. So those are things like some people are um, sensitive to certain materials, like wool, for example, is something that may trigger it for some people. Stress is another trigger for other people as well. And Uh, and what about fragrance sometimes? Yeah, fragrance and um, even soaps sometimes can be an issue. Often we tell patients to use for, for the treatment um, and prevention of the flare-ups, what we say is use a soapless cleanser, which is really, really gentle. I know a lot of people don't like them because they don't feel like a soap, but that's the whole point. We don't want them to feel like a soap. So they're called soapless cleansers. Use one of those and then use a moisturizer every single day um, to lock in the moisture in your body. That'll help prevent the flare-ups. Now, when the flare-ups happen is when you know, you're know you really, really itchy and your skin looks really angry and it's really, really red and you, you can't go to sleep. Um, so in that case, then we do treat it with um, a mild steroid. And that's often where the problem lies, I think, with some patients is they hear that word steroid and they want to not have anything to do with it. But it's very, very safe um, when used properly for the treatment of these conditions. This is hydrocortisone. This is hydrocortisone, yes. Yeah, but you can get, uh, can you, what's the, the, um, the highest concentration of hydrocortisone you can get over the counter? It's 1%. It's the 1% hydrocortisone that you can get over the counter. Um, by prescription, you can get others, but there's other steroids that you can use as well and that are topical that will also treat the condition. So the, the way the doctor would look at it is to start with a very mild one first and then gradually make their way up. And certainly we've even seen some patients being treated all the time with low doses of a stronger steroid, let's say, maybe two to three times a week to help prevent the flare-ups from happening. Right. I I do remember the hydrocortisone as being extremely effective. Yes, absolutely. You can, like, literally within a day, you can see, like, the difference it makes. Right. For sure. And what about, uh, uh, And you mentioned moisturizers and Mm -hmm. uh, non-soap cleansers. Um, Yeah. Give us an idea of some of those products. Oh, so uh, over-the-counter, what they're called? Okay, so you would have um, Cetaphil, for example, is a very good soapless cleanser that you can use. Um, Spectral 
the Spectral line is also very good. They have a whole line of moisturizers and cleansers. Same with Cetaphil. So those are my go-tos. Like if I'm in a pharmacy, those would be my go-tos. Grab those to treat it. I would tell the patient, take a try and avoid taking a hot shower. Take a nice warm shower, but not very hot. And then when you're done, towel dry yourself. Keep it damp enough, though, and then put the moisturizer right on to lock in the moisture. Okay. Uh, We'll continue to talk about skin conditions, whatever else is on your mind. Questions for our pharmacist from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, our trusted contributors here at Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Doug in Toronto. You have a question, Doug. Yeah, um, I... I'm having a problem with insect bites, you know, and I'm, I'm starting to look like with a turtleneck on and gardening in the heat is not really good. You know, no. Long sleeves. But regardless, uh, it's, it's, it's obviously that it's bug bites. I've had all sets allergy tests and, and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, they say over-the-counter, like Benadryl is one that you can take, and I only take it at night because that's when the itching is bothering me the most. Right. Uh, but there, there's talk, that, because I don't use it during the day because it's a drowsiness and you're, you know, driving and things like that. There's talk of a new prescription drug that's, that's coming out similar to this that, that is anti-drowsy type. And is the, you can get ones that are by prescription, but none of these are uh, covered by OHIP, right? So, okay, so... Um in terms of the insect bites and using Benadryl, so that's, I'm guessing, you're just trying to deal with the itch itself. Um, there are other antihistamines that you can, so Benadryl is what we call an antihistamine. There already are non-drowsy ones available over the counter, um, but are not as effective as the Benadryl to help with the itch. Um, also, the other question I would have for you, though, Doug, is have you considered using... in like uh, DEET or something like that, something, yeah, some yeah, sort of yeah, insect no, propellant? No, no I, I go out and uh, I've got everything on except for a, 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 a neck on my head. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. it's just, I, I think I'm just a magnet for them. And, yes. Uh, just... <laughs> you know, and uh, so, uh, you know, that that's I can do. So, I, you know, I, I've tried all the, the liquids and that, but, but still I get bites. I think I even get bites at night. I don't know when I'm out there to walk the dog and things. But I, I heard that there was a, a new prescription one that was, again, anti-drowsy, but it's not being released in Canada yet or Ontario. Well, there's, like I said, there are other um, antihistamines over the counter that you can use, and some people yeah, yeah. will use ha- them um, for yeah. allergy or itchiness. Um, yeah. Nothing yeah. as effective as Benadryl that I know of right now. Um, but so in your condition as well, I'd like to know, because it, it, is it... Because you have common insect bites that keep on decreasing the quality of your life. So is it something that, you know, that maybe the insect repellent isn't um, dealing with? Or is it something that needs to be taken care of in your in your garden or something? That's the other thing I'm thinking uh, about right well, now. Well, it, it can be. But, you know, I mean, I, I live in a residential area. So, you know, you're getting everybody else's bugs are flying by and mm-hmm. things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's true. And, and I, I suffer from asthma and sinusitis. So I, I don't like taking, I take puppers and things like that. Yeah. So. I'm really saying I don't want any more, uh, you know, stuff. And the the and the Benadryl seems to be working. Yeah, I, mean, the, I, the, I take it before I go to sleep, and I at least sleep through the night. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Doug. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to Joanne in Port McNichol. You're up next here on Zoomer Radio. Hello. Hi, Hi Joanne. Joanne. What's your question? And um, 
I have psoriasis, and it's especially uh, in my hair. And um, I find that I'm having a lot of problems um, with it presently. I've had it for years. But um, I've used different shampoos, and I just wondered what type of shampoo is the best to use. So you you have psoriasis on your scalp, Joanne? Yeah. Okay. Okay, Joanne. Um, so I I guess it would uh, the the answer to that would really involve. I can give you a general answer for sure, because um, it really is dependent on what you've used in the past. And there are prescription products that can really help with the scalp um, psoriasis, um, but that are steroid based. As I don't, I don't know if you've used any of those. No, I haven't. Okay, so your doctor can give you prescriptions for those if it seems like it's just not going away. Um, and the other thing is to also like we have to work on moving, removing the scales because sometimes that's the issue that there's um, so many scales built up with the psoriasis that the medication or anything that we're trying to use doesn't get to the actual scalp because it, there's just a, a layer in between. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the treatments is to gently remove the scales as well. And then also prevention um, is a key with psoriasis. So stress is a risk factor. Um, Sometimes medications can cause it. Sometimes if you've had an infection, that can flare it up. And also really, really dry weather um, can also flare it up. Okay, yeah. thanks, Joanne, for Thank calling you. in. Good luck with it. Uh, we'll continue here with Jaspreet Dollywall, our pharmacist from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, right after this quick break. Get in line. Just uh, We do have a line or two open here, but some more questions uh, are waiting for us. So hang in there, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. And I'm here with Jaspreet Dollywall, our pharmacist at the Ontario Pharmacists Association, our trusted contributors here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. We're primarily talking about skin conditions and trying to, to uh, diagnose your skin condition and find the right treatment for you. Your calls are welcome, 416-360-0740 or toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Dave in Hamilton. Go ahead, Dave, you're next. Yeah, hi, how are you today? Good, thanks. What's your question? Um, my daughter is about 21 years old, and for the last uh, year or so, um, she's losing pigment uh, on her back, like it's getting like a fist size, like white spots, and maybe on the, uh, you know, on her butt area and her back, she's sort of getting a little kind of uh, worried about it. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, she went to the pharmacist. She got a cream, but I don't know if it's the proper cream. She's waiting for to see a dermatologist, but in the meantime, mm-hmm. uh, maybe we could remedy it with your professional. Oh, good question. Uh, yeah, so Dave. Um, okay, so I... I... I think the best thing is that she does go see a physician, and I tell you why. Because it could be, um, it could be issues. Just you know, like if she, when she was younger, did she get a lot of sun exposure? Do you know? Did she? Uh, was she in the sun a lot? I wouldn't say more than anybody. Like okay. we're not Florida. Or okay. Okay. Like that. Um, 
but even then, so it it could be anything. It could vary from a very, very, very mild um, situation, or it could be, um, and even if it was more serious, they're very, very manageable. So there's one condition that's called um, vitiligo, which is where you're losing the pigment, but that's that's an extreme. And in most cases, I find people get more scared about that than it actually really does even happen. So it would be best if, so did the pharmacist see her back, or was it just something she described to her? Just subscribe. Okay. Okay. So then, um, you know, I, I would urge her to, you know, um, see her physician in that case where she would feel comfortable showing her back. Because I think somebody does need to probably take a look at what the actual um, depigment, like the pigmentation looks like to, pro- okay. to provide a proper assessment in this case. Okay. Okay, okay. Dave, when's the dermatologist appointment? Yeah, it was six more weeks. Six more oh, weeks. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, so we're, maybe we'll try to... Well, you can well, certainly first, go back to the pharmacist and, you know, if the you, cream hasn't been working, they can probably, if they, if they had a school of thought, if they had a thought process as to what it was, they can maybe provide some more recommendations in that regard until you see the dermatologist. Okay. 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 Thanks for okay. calling in, Dave. Good luck. Okay. Appreciate that. Thanks. Bye Okay. Now. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go to Carol in Niagara Falls. Hi, Carol. You're on with our pharmacist from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Hi. Um, when you're... A uh, prescription says take with food. What does food constitute? Like, is it a, just a cookie can you have? Or what uh, is it? Okay, and turn down your radio when uh, Jaspreet is answering your question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, it with food usually means a meal. So that... Um, with, you know, like your breakfast, lunch, dinner. So it's usually a meal that we're speaking about, about, but sometimes it's very specific to the medication as well. So some medications need um, food or oils um, in your body to help absorption with the medication. And so that's why we say take it with food. And some we say take it with food because it just really upsets your stomach and we want to make sure you tolerate it well. So it really depends on the medication, I would say. Oh, okay, but I have to take it at 9 o'clock at night. Oh. You take it at 9 o'clock at so night. So how much food do you need when you yeah, take it that so, late? Like, so it depends. Like, like I said, what, do you know the medication that you're taking? Mm, one is um, um, pressure vision, pressure vision, and the other one is uh, actinel. Okay. Um Okay, so that the actinel is for your bones. That yes. that's when you're taking. Okay, um, so I'm 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 not sure I really caught the first one. I think maybe like I said, the best the best thing is probably to speak to your pharmacist about this because I'm not I. I couldn't really make out what the first medication was that you said. With and regards to how much food how much you food, need. Yeah. yeah. So with the actinel, however, um, usually it's you know. Uh, half an hour after taking the medication, drink a lot of water, and you kind of sit upright when you're taking that uh, medication. But like yeah, I said... It's really, not to lie down. Yeah, you have to stay upright for, yeah, because it, it, otherwise it can get stuck in in the system. So, um, but it really depends. I, again, like if it for I'll give you an example. For Advil, for example, um, I would say to a patient, take it with a meal, take it with your dinner, um, take it with something that comforts your stomach, because when you do take it, it's probably going to hurt your stomach. Whereas there's other medications that I'll say, take it with food, a meal, let's say, because I know that's going to 
impact it's the way it's absorbed into the body so some cases really really important to take it with food and in other cases it may not be as important it's just for your benefit so you feel better okay carol i'm going to move along here too because we've got lots of calls here today jim in brampton go ahead you're on zoomer radio yes uh, thanks for taking my call uh my question is i have psoriasis at different spots and i put uh, at the uh shelters i put the scrobal Okay, Jim. Jim, I need you to speak. Uh, I need you to speak into your phone a little. Just don't take it away from your mouth a bit. Okay, that's better. This, uh, this is psoriasis. I have spots in different parts of the body, and this Globex. I got the spray. Paid one hundred fifty-five dollars for it, and it done, it's done nothing. And I also got the substitute of which was the cream, the Tara Globex. And I was able to get that under my plan, but neither of the two have done anything for me. Okay. Um, Can you help me? Yeah, so, okay, so um, you have it all over your body, you said. No, no, I have it in different spots, not all. <coughs> I have it in my right hand, and I have it on some my, it's on my legs, too. Okay, and you're seeing, are you seeing a particular doctor for it, or? Well, yeah, this was prescribed from... From my doctor, my 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 MD, and okay. uh, he prior to that he prescribed many other things, but not not with no success. Okay, so the interesting thing with um, psoriasis is that different parts of the body that are affected are sometimes treated a little bit differently. Um, so, for example, with the scalp, usually we'll do. Um, it's important to remove the scales from the head so that you get proper treatment. And like I had mentioned before, sometimes the reason that it's not getting treated is because, you know, there's so many scales there that we can't get to because... Yeah, but I, right. I do remove the scales. I've done it. I know it forms a scale and then it peels off and it, it doesn't get to the core of the problem. Mm-hmm. But I have removed the scales okay. and spread it on okay. and used the, also used the cream with no success. Jasper, no we only have a couple of minutes left and I've got at least okay. two or three more callers. Okay. So. so I'd say follow up with your physician for sure if, it's not, if you're not finding relief with the medication. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay, Jim, thanks for calling in. Let's go to Sean in Hamilton. Your question, Hi. Sean. Uh, I don't really have a question. I have a suggestion. Okay, great. Um, For the heavy psoriasis on elbows or knees or heels or anything, Mm -hmm. shea butter. But the main thing I wanted to tell everybody is uh, it's from the Bragg family, and they have several different books. I'm trying to make it as fast as I can, and it's called uh, Apple Cider Vinegar with the Mother. You can only get it in health food stores. Can't go to the grocery store and buy apple cider vinegar. It's not the same thing. Okay. It's called apple cider vinegar with the mother. Okay, that's great. If you can't afford the $15 book uh-huh. that's on the shelf at Goodness Me, go to the index, read, find your problem, and go from there. Okay, thanks for calling in, Sean. What about natural remedies? Yeah, so I'll just comment on that quickly. So I know anecdotally, and I know exactly what product he's talking about with the mother. Um, anecdotally, a lot of people will find relief in a lot of different things, right? Like a lot of natural products, and they'll claim it's their it's they'll claim that it cures everything. And I think for those people, that's fantastic if it happens. But by and large, we haven't really found any evidence of any necessarily any natural product that really, really is as beneficial as the other products we know are out there. Okay, great. We've got uh, Margaret in Kitchener. Hi, you're on Zoomer Radio, Margaret. 
just turn the thing down. That's uh, good. Okay, I'll make this brief. Uh, and I, I could cover a lot of area, but figure it out for yourself. A lot of skin conditions are caused from fabric softener. What do you think about that, uh, Jasper? And, that, and that's sort of uh, fabric softener has the fragrance. And... Yeah, it's exactly related to that whole, you know, that um, perfumed and fragrances, all those kind of things are known to be irritants and can flare up things like eczema, for example, for sure. We didn't talk about dandruff very much. We talked more of, a lot about psoriasis. Yeah. So just in 30 seconds, okay. uh, dandruff, what can be done about that? So dandruff, they, I, I think a lot of people jump to the medicated shampoos first, but know that you can also use a gentle shampoo to treat um, dandruff. Uh, it's just a technique that you use. You just have to really, really work on the scalp um, mm-hmm. in terms of clearing out the flakes. Um, so th- I think that's key. And then you, there are very, very effective um, shampoos by that are over-the-counter that the pharmacist can help you out with that can also help treat the condition. Great. You did a great job for your <laughs> debut, <laughs> your <you>. solo debut. <laughs> Jasper Dollawal from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We'll see you next time. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, our trusted contributors from the Pharmacy Association are in every Thursday at 1230. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.